You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 174, sponsored by InStock Trades and Netflix. What you mean? Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 174, for those of you playing at home. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with my compatriots, Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Joshua A. Flanagan. What are you going to use a middle name for? What's yeah. that about? Yeah, are you what? trying to get those credit card people coming after me? And and their social security numbers are <laughs> one. I almost Wrong. said it just now. <laughs> I was like, you're a, oh, sh- uh. <laughs> so, uh, welcome to the show. For uh, those of you who don't know, we are the three gentlemen who are behind iFanboy.com, as well as a whole bunch of other folks who help us out. But at we iFanboy, like we should be like the distinguished gentleman would like to recognize the Batman comment. <laughs> at iFanboy.com, it's a website where we read comics, and every week uh, we read as many of the comics that come out that week, and one of us picks our favorite one and writes a we- uh, writes a review of it called the Pick of the Week review. Then we come here to discuss it, as well as all the other books that came out. It's a bevy of comic book fandom. And a quick warning before we get into this week's pick, we're going to talk about what happened in the comics, so there's going to be spoilers abound, so we don't want to ruin anybody's comic book. So if you haven't read your comics yet, why don't you press pause, read them, come back, or if you don't mind so much, just press on through, and don't blame us. This week, uh, Connor uh, had the divine honor of having the pick. I had a weird week. At first, I thought it was going to be a light week, and then all of a sudden, I had 13 books out of nowhere. I don't know how that happened. I think I kept accumulating books through between Monday and Wednesday. I kept pulling new, new ones, and I was like, oh. It was like a and new then- series kind of week yeah like it was like thing not regular stuff that you buy i noticed and then and then reading it like i got to the last three or four and i was like oh, i don't have a pick of the week this this is awful like i'm i'm screwed but then the last two books were pretty awesome so my pick of the week ended up being superman world of new krypton number one which is the 12 part miniseries that runs through 09 which will feature superman while he's on new krypton it's written by james robinson and greg rucka with art by pete woods and one thing I really liked about this book is that all of last year we had Jeff Johns laying the groundwork for this new Superman world with his new Krypton story, which was basically a, a lead into the new Krypton world. And what we got out of it wasn't what we thought we were going to get. We thought we thought we were going to get all these Kryptonians living on Earth, now it would be new Krypton, but instead we got a new planet. And all the ramifications coming out of that. And, and the end of, at the end of the last issue of Superman that came out either last week or the week before, Superman decided that it's too dangerous to have these people unchecked. He doesn't trust Zod. Zod is the general in charge of the planet. It's military. And he makes a very hard choice to leave Earth and go live on New Krypton to, to f- figure out what they're up to and protect both his, his adopted world of Earth, but also the good people on New Krypton. And in this issue, he makes his arrival on New Krypton and, and you were introduced to the world and how the world works and the people on the world. And, and it's really it's an exciting entry into this whole really mega story that's going to go across four books and this is basically a weekly series now and at the end of the last page you get to the last page and it tells you all the books that it's going to go into and the, all the people in it and the people on it and the create in creator wise and it was just an exciting ending in in terms of i can't wait to read this story i can't wait to get into the, all these parts and, and this epic feel and all the different characters that are going to be involved and it, it felt like the start of a really exciting epic movie where you meet all the people and all the characters and now you're going to go into it and learn all the different things, and Superman will be in this book, and Supergirl will be in this book, and these people will be in the other book, 
And at the end, hopefully it'll all come together. And I trust, you know, you've got James Robinson and Greg Rucka running this thing. You've got Sterling Gates, who's proven to be a really good writer, Supergirl. And Jeff Johnson's writing the origin book, which I, you, you just know is going to tie in somehow. Or it'll set something up that'll tie into this story somehow. You just know he does that. So it's all very exciting. And that was one of the reasons why I liked them so much. And the other reason is, this world that they've created is very fascinating. When, when Super, Superman's been idealizing Krypton his entire life, he's the only one. He's never actually been there for any amount of time. And now that they're ba- now that the society's back, he's finding it's not as quite ideal as he he had it in his head. It's a very strict caste-driven society where there's there's um, every everybody belongs to a guild, either a labor guild or an artist guild or a science guild. His dad is a science guild person. There's a military guild, and the labor guild, which is basically a guild of of slaves or serfs, they serve the other guilds, and that doesn't fit well with Superman's uh, you know philosophy on life, and he right away clashes with with his his aunt, who was in charge of New Krypton, she's the leader of New Krypton, and so you've got that whole scenario. And then, at the same time, he's 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 knocking heads with Zod, who he knows is evil, but maybe he's not evil. He doesn't. He's trying to figure him out, and it's just an interesting look into the world. This is literally he's being led around and shown everything, and the people on the Earth, and these are all people with superhero powers, but they don't know how to use them because they just got them. So it's not like they you get your your flight capability and you start flying around. People are crashing in buildings. They can't land. His guy doesn't really know how to fly very well. He, he he tends to really just hover. Doesn't really know how to propel himself forward. And that's an interesting little twist on it. Normally in, in the comics, you get your powers and you're off. But here it's like the greatest American hero where you get your powers and you can't really land. You just start you crash into a building as a way of landing. I, lo- I loved that show as a kid. I really loved that show. It's a I great do. show. Yeah. None of these people have manuals. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, and the art by Pete Woods. Pete Woods is someone who I liked when he first started, but... His style changed over the years. Something I liked a little bit less, but here it's a lot tighter, and the coloring is really strong on it. Um, who's the colorist? I mentioned it in my review, but it is right here. He is um, Brad Anderson. He does a really nice job with the colors. It's it's Krypton's a bright, shiny world, but there's a lot of darkness to it, and he adds a sort of texture to the shadow that makes it look rough, like a like a charcoal drawing, and it's a really interesting combination. But I really enjoy. I really like the new Krypton story leading up to this, and I'm really psyched for the story coming out of this. And I really like the guys who are writing it. And I like the setup. I like this idea that Superman's off world, trying to f- figure out this other new world. And I like the people they brought into the other books. And it's all very, very exciting. And Superman really hasn't been this good, maybe ever in my reading life. And that's what's really exciting about this. Yeah, and that's and I'm, sad, that... I'm sad that Josh missed this book. <laughs> totally pleased by me. You saw the pick. I was like, I would have bought that. Oops! Why did you not get it? You I just, just told you. You just it. forgot. Okay. Yeah. But you're gonna you're gonna buy it, right? Because you're all about the Superman thing going on now. I'm I'm not in love with it like Connor is. I like it, and I think that when all is said and done, I um I will be happy with it. I know that from reading Starman, I think James Robbins is a very much a, a long game kind of guy. I mean, for me, like the real payoffs for Starman didn't didn't really come in until towards the end. Um, but when they did, it was very, very satisfying. Um, so I, I'm sort of going in that way. I, I think that this story is playing out very slowly. I mean, I think we first heard about this all about a year ago. Yep. And it's just sort of coming to, to – it's actually coming to fruition now. So, um, you know, what the heck? I, I, don't, I don't like the – I mean, I, I don't want another weekly series. That always bugs me for some reason. But, um, yeah, I'm reading it for now. It's, I mean, it's not a weekly. It, it, it is and it isn't. It's technically yeah. it is four books. But you don't have to – it's not like they continue – and the other thing is, is this doesn't feel like Robinson Superman, which is, just really means there's a lot of Rucka in this issue. Yeah. So that's I, I saw a lot of people comment on that, and I fanboy how 
it didn't it didn't seem like it. And they're right. If there was a lot of Rucka's influence in this issue, which is good because well, it's funny is that they're they're two. I'll say skill sets um, complement each other very nicely. Um, I, I I don't know so much about Rucka's. I guess he's I guess he's probably pretty good at sort of the long arc sort of thing. But I tend to think of Rucka issues as being really good from issue to issue, whereas James Robinson's issues are more spaced out. Like the issue won't be really great, but sort of the whole overall thing will be really great. Um, so the two of those together should provide something very nice. Not that either of them are really weak in any area, but they would bolster each other, I would imagine. Yeah, this is really strong, really good. If you're into the if you're into the whole Superman storyline for the last year, this is really exciting, and it's it's good. It's a good time to be a Superman reader, I think. Finally, it just took ninety years. Seventy. Seventy. Let's not add. Whatever. Let's not add a generation. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It was really good when John Byrne wrote in nineteen eighty-six, but that was a long time ago. So yeah, twenty years ago, Ugh, twelve years ago. The it other book that... at one point, but all those guys didn't take over, so it wasn't. When Grant Morrison and Mark Wade and Mark Miller yeah. was going to work on it, yeah. Oh well, it was a pretty good group of people at one point. It was, was when it... Jeff Loeb and Joe Casey wrote were writing it. It was and pretty good. Rucka was on one, and then Rucka Joe was Kelly on, was on uh, Joe Kelly, yeah. It that never really bad. gelled overall. I think I think what works now is that they're all the stories are connected into one yeah. big overarching story. Whereas when those guys were writing, it was all separate. Yeah, that's true. And so it depended on the book, it depended on the writer, it depended on the storyline. It was all you know depending on uh-huh. what was I, going on. I really love how you if you look at like within at least the twenty years of comic book reading that I've been doing and not reading Superman, I I. I can identify at least you know four times individually where they said you don't need to read every Superman book and they're like they're all sequential there's a little number you don't need to read them all in order and so it's I, no, that, I think it's kind the, of funny how we keep you know we just keep on kind of rotating into this, the, this, those two options. This is different than that time that we were just talking about because those books really all were separate. Right. No, but there was a time also when this they they had the little Superman shield on the cover of every book and that yeah, was that like, was the, the Dan Jurgens era. Yeah, Dan Jurgens, um, John Bogdanoff. Was, yeah. Wasn't that the death of like the not the death but the the replacement of it like after he died? No, no, wasn't no, that? It was later yeah, it was it was before and during and after that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And for year for years after that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I just remember that, and then I remember you don't need to do that anymore. And now we're back to you need to read them in order. So not that you need to read them in order, but they're connected. So I don't mm-hmm. think you do. I don't think I think they're conscious of that. I think it's not you have to, but it, it fills the whole story out. If you want to read that whole story, you can. But right. I think the main action will take place in this book because this is the book Superman's in. But um, we'll see. We'll know more soon. There was the other book that almost got it was um, Gotham Gazette Batman Dead one shot special, which is the prelude to Bat- Bat- Battle of the Cowl. And it was a bunch of short stories featuring side people in Gotham, so it was a bunch of just character pieces written by Fabian Nicieza with art by Dustin Gwynn, Chris Cross, Jamie McKelvey, um, Alex Kanat, and Guillaume March. And it was just a really nice character piece of seeing what's, what's the world like now in Gotham that Batman's gone and how does it affect Vicki Vale and Stephanie Brown and Leslie Thompson and, 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 and Bullock. So I, w- I wasn't... I wasn't going to buy this, and I saw McKelvey on the front, and I was like, really, that one? Because I hadn't heard about it. Um, so I picked it up to take a look through that, and, and, I, and I was like, oh, well, let me try this, you know, because cause I, I like these characters. That's kind of interesting. Um, what was really impressive to me is that Dustin Gwynn just keeps getting better and better. Yes. I mean, like, first of all, his cover is Great. amazing. The cover is beautiful. The cover is fantastic. The cover is gorgeous. And, like, his interior is like, this is a guy, the first time I met him, God, I think he not met him, but first time I saw his his work was on the Authority. He was on the Authority after Mark Miller left, 
or I think maybe he did the last couple of Mark Miller issues before Tom Payer took over a long time ago. And then he did Wildcats 3, I think. And then I didn't see him forever. And then he shows up on Detective just real good. Yep. Totally different style than what he started with. Feels uh, like. I thought I, no, I thought I, I picked this up randomly too, just because uh, mainly because McKelvey's art. Because I was really curious to see. Okay, now that DC's got their hands on McKelvey, what are they, how are they going to ruin the art? And it just proved to show that they didn't. That you don't have to. That it can be colored well. And that yeah, the coloring it, was yeah. much more like suburban glamour than, than yeah. cable. Yeah, exactly. And there's no color in credit, so I wonder if he did it or not. Because just his art. Well, that guy? Oh, he colors guy major. Oh, guy major did it. That explains it. Um, He's good. Yeah, guy major is good. But um, but he's worked with Jamie before. He did the first issue of Suburban Glamour, so that that right. makes sense. But um, no, but this is a neat little as a as a casual Batman you know reader. This is a neat little um neat little one shot you know with the little short stories. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit without knowing anything about it, just knowing who the characters were and the, yep. you know and the, and then Connor, did you enjoy on the title page of Stephanie Brown's story, uh, Brave Fo- Brave Way? Yes, Bra- I did. Yeah, that made me laugh. So. I saw it because the artists weren't listed till the end, so I saw that first. I thought, "Oh, he's drawing it awesome." Yeah, yeah, that's what I too. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I Stephanie needs to be fixed. They screwed her when they brought her back. They, they mm-hmm. it doesn't. It, it, there's no place for her. It doesn't make sense to have her around. And Tim treats her like a Tim's a jerk jerk to her. And, and they ruined that really nice sort of love story he had going with the other girl too. Like that was just killed. Yeah, so I I'd, I really hope that it, it, out of this comes a. a something to do for, with her because really I, I, she shows up it's like why because I like her a lot I, I just want them to, to find a way to use her without her, her entire purpose seems to be for Tim to go go away yeah you can I tell you spoiler. my favorite part of this though was the the bullock part at the end and I was just like this should be a series and then I was like oh yeah it was <laughs> like but like the whole time I was like oh yeah Josie Mack I love that character oh and it's about the cops and I was totally like man they should keep this damn it <laughs> I mean, it really was like, oh man, I made me very wistful for Gotham Central because that part was awesome. <laughs> oh boy, that was good stuff. Those are my two favorite books, but I really also enjoyed Dark Reign, Fantastic Four number one. I cannot wait for Hickman's run on Fantastic Four to start after reading this. If this is going to be his his take of F- FF, I'll bring it on. Like you know, not not now. only the combination of Hickman writing them, but then also I Sean Chen's art was great. Yes, I mean there there was that the one two page spread where Reed Richards with the bridge when he revealed the bridge to them, where I was mm-hmm. just I, I was just like wow that's that's really good, um, yeah no and this I, is great for you because it's a book that takes place in the in the universe whereas the other FF books sort of off in its own pocket right yeah and I laughed on the ti- on the title page they kind of give like the the first family and they show you know they they give the kind of the the cast of the book and they have the thing and with the dotted line to Alicia Masters and there's no mention of the girl that he's marrying in Miller's book which. Might lead to wonder what's gonna what her fate is gonna be. So, <laughs> well, it may not matter. That Batman was dating three different people last year, True. depending on what book you were reading. So, really, it really yeah, doesn't matter, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, this was. I mean, it, I I picked this up because I really, you know, I'm really kind of sour on the on the um on the the pseudo miniseries. You know, like where if I was a if I was a regular Fantastic Four reader, I probably wouldn't even note it. Like I would have assumed this is a regular issue, but they just kind of make it Dark Reign. They did this with Secret Invasion too. Um, where this is like a you know five issue miniseries and it's made to look like this the the series because they can't do it because the current series is out of continuity or whatever it is. Um, so generally, I don't want to pick up these kind of miniseries just because I buy so many books and I can't afford to. But um, I wanted to pick this up because I wanted to see what Hickman's take on the Fantastic Four was going to be. And I just I, I mean it was it I, I think I read it like twice. It just, you know, it wasn't, you know, it was totally accessible. I think he nailed the characters. Um, I think him writing Reed is fantastic. 
It's great. It's a perfect yeah. pairing. Yeah, it's really, really good. So, um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sold on this miniseries, and I'm, and as soon as you know he starts up on the regular title, I'm totally there. I can't wait. With Dale Eaglesham on pencils. I know, which should be interesting because I, you know, after seeing Eaglesham do JSA for so long, it's gonna be interesting to see the, you know, because the Fantastic Four isn't JSA. You know, what I mean, like, Sue is so, gonna have giant, giant muscles. Right. Yeah. So is Reed. He's gonna hit the steroids yeah. between now and then. Yeah, the roids. But um, no, but I thought th- I thought this issue was good. It's it's an intriguing story. I mean, essentially, you know, they're they're moving into the Baxter Building, the new Baxter Building after the destruction during um, Secret, uh, Secret Invasion, and um, Reed. I like I like the little you know kind of Sue getting mad at Reed because he was getting distracted, and he's explaining his methodology. He's like, well, I was doing this, and then I made a list, and then that now there are twenty seven things on that, and then I built this. You know, like it was just like you know like that that idea because really at the and and you, I got the feeling at the end of the last issue, the last page of the issue. I mean, I think Hickman's take on Reed is like mad genius. Yes. You know, like he's a crazy genius guy, which is which is kind of true. Um, and so I really like that. And then the 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 last the the the, two, the double page spread in the last two pages of the book when Sue and Johnny and the thing open up the elevator, and I guess they're in the Savage Land, but Savage Land, but with big Celestials behind them. Um, it looked it just well, they're, like, they're in another dimension, aren't they? Is there another dimension? Is that what? It, yeah, but. Yeah, I just it's Shauna the uh, the blonde in the page made me think it was the Savage Land, but maybe it's not. We don't know where it is. Um, but I just like having the big looming cel- uh, celestials in the background. That's awesome. So it was it was real strong. I really yeah, enjoyed it. It was very strong. I was happy Gosh. to see that. The uh, the other sort of uh, big start off this week was uh, Jim McCann's debut on the on the mini. Is it a mini? Right so far, I yes. believe it's a yes. mini. Yeah. 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 Uh, Dark Reign, New Avengers, The Reunion, number one, um, and this is sort of the first story of just, uh, I was going to say Hawkeye and Mockingbird, but that's not exactly correct. Clint Barton and Mockingbird. And, Depends uh, what cover you bought. Yeah. yeah. Guess, guess which one I bought. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a couple, uh, there's a couple of points where, like, in the, on the last page, the last word balloon actually says, Cap, it's Ronan. I've got her. So it looks like Clint's going by Ronan. Of course well, he, he has is. to. That's his yeah. name. He's, I know. That's who he is. No, he he is. That's fine, and, and you know I understand that Jim has to work within those parameters, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> not, I'm not mad at him. I don't, have to, I don't have to accept it. I don't have to like it. <laughs> uh, I I I enjoyed this book. I think that the 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 big strength of it um, was that he he got the characters uh, to a place that I thought felt very correct. They they felt very right. Um, you know you know because we know that 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 McCann really really has an affection for these characters, but he he wasn't afraid to. Um, I guess challenge them because like it's uncomfortable like whatever uh, um, Bobby is hiding from from Clint like it's it's there and it's uncomfortable so it's not like it's a it's a happy fun love story with them it's you know there's something else going on and 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 I I really I want to know what's going to happen next I find it very interesting I think that the scene um, between uh, 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 Bucky and and Clint was really interesting I like that a lot Um, they should be a little bit um, they should have a little bit of clash between them. Yeah, but also, you know, at the end of the day, they're both grown-ups, and they know that they're they're on the same team they fighting were, for the same side. There were some real low blows in that conversation, though. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean... No, both... I thought it was great. I thought it was really good, yeah. but the tension was really ratcheted. Well, you know? Right, and there should be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, you know, if you're Clint, who's this guy? And if you're Bucky, well, who's this guy? And, I, and that's exactly what it should be, um, which I liked. I think if I had any, any sort of complaints about it... Um, the art wasn't my favorite. I think it tended to make a lot of these characters look younger. 
Yeah, there, yeah. there were moments where I was like, oh, I saw like I, there were moments where I, I really liked like a single panel or a single drawing or something. Um, and, and David Lopez almost gave me a little bit of a Marcos Martin re, uh, remini- reminisce. Yeah, um, I, I, but then there were pages I, where I was just like, oh, but not that at all. So you know what? The, the storytelling was strong. I was never lost. You know, that so that part was good. There was there, I thought there was nice layouts and everything. Really, if anything, it was that a lot of the a lot of the times like. I think it just it was a little like it made the faces look a little youngish. It, yeah, it was that yeah. sort of manga, very slight manga influence. It looked like sort of sort of Japanese animation or from like the Voltron faces. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it did like it for some reason that didn't really look like Clint to me. And then and then Bucky looked way too young. I think. Yeah. yeah. Sitting yeah. in that chair, but that you know that that's sort of minor it, to me. It, How do we it feel about our costume? Oh, I didn't. Um, I, I I I accepted it totally fine. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I, I didn't. I, I yeah. really didn't like it at first, but by the end of the issue, I was okay with it. But yeah. it makes more sense than the old one. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, I mean, I got the cover with the Hawkeye, uh, Hawkeye Mockingbird cover, and if you look at that, as all right-thinking people did. Yeah, <laughs> but if you look at that, I mean, between the pointy mask and the and the the billowy sleeves, I mean, it, it's a great costume, but it very is very much is eighties, you know. Yeah, yeah she and has also billowy sleeves in the new one. Yeah, yeah right. That's true, just but like not as pronounced. Yeah, like you could take that part off theoretically. Right. The old it's, one it's just amazing ridiculous. that she's been gone for 15 years, so there's so many people reading comics now who have never no idea. Read, yeah. a, read a Mockingbird story and don't know how important she is to, to Clint, to the Avengers, to yeah. everyone in general. So people are, when this came out in the comments on the, on the website, people were like, I don't care about her. Right. They don't know about her. It's weird. It's weird that she's that long. I didn't realize she'd be gone yeah. that long. Yeah. So somebody sent me an email like, asking like, what, were the, what were the important Mockingbird stories, and I was like, kind of the same ones that they're the Hawkeye stories. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like the West Coast Avengers. That's sort of where yeah. her, as far as I know, that was all, that's all I really knew her from. But yeah. it was it was good. I'm I'm genuinely interested in, in the next one. Um, um, I I had fun with this, and and you know, it was it was a book about Hawkeye that didn't suck, which is more than I've seen in the past. A lot. Sorry, a book about Ronin. Ronin. Sorry, Ronin. Please use his proper you heard, name. You heard what I said. I stand by it. <laughs> Book about Ronin. We all know Hawkeye's where this is over in Young Avengers. <laughs> I like her. I can say that. That's fine. No, but but good show. I mean, the thing is, also Jim's he's new at this. Yeah. You know, so it's only bound to get better. Um, so it's it's great. It wasn't. I could use one or two less pop culture references out of them, but that's about it. I could see that, but also that's a, that's also a taste thing. But I know what yeah, you mean, just... and I feel the same way a lot of times. So there. All the all the Star Wars reference was fantastic. Yeah, the Star Wars reference was good. But then follow, I mean, I was, followed, by Gra- followed by Grey's Anatomy reference. So take yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's watched Grey's Anatomy. I will say uh, that's probably true. Yeah. Maybe he does. Maybe he's got a soft spot. Wouldn't I don't that be great know. if Clint if Clint Barton actually runs home to watch the the hour long dramas? <laughs> As TiVo. <laughs> right, I know, but he's very much into you know like the, whatever the latest. There's a, there's a Grey's viewing party at the Avengers Mansion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, out of all the people who show up for that, I don't know if he would be the one. Clint likes Alex. <laughs> Karev, <laughs> it's not surly. <laughs> um, He's the bad boy. He was the bad boy. He was. Yeah, but all right, well, this is gonna go off real yeah. bad. So <laughs> um, the, for, the the Marvel cavalcade, I guess, goes on a little longer. Uh, War of Kings, number one. Was... I've lost track of which books which in this, but I guess this is the this... first of the miniseries. Yeah, this is the first issue of the miniseries. Correct. Um, yeah, uh, the, the Inhumans have taken over the Kree Empire, and the Shi'ar are, are going to start a war with them. That's basically where we are. Now, Ron, you didn't like Vulcan historically, right? 
Uh, yeah, not really. I mean, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, I didn't like the. Well, you know, anytime you go down the third Summers Brother route, it's it's you're bound to get tripped up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this, you know, this and, isn't really mixed up in all that. Well, even now he is though. But I mean, but yeah. I mean, and I don't. You know, like kind of they introduce them. They, they kind of like what I really don't like is I don't like it when a character gets introduced. And has had some, you know, major wrong done to them, and they're just blind rage, you know, and like mm-hmm. the idea, the, and that's basically what Brubaker did with the whole Deadly Genesis, and then with the story arc in in space with the Uncanny X Men. Whereas, you know, Vulcan is so mad at what happened to him that he's just gonna go and kill everybody he can, and it's just like, yeah, the, it, that, it, I have a hard time resolving that, you know. I, um, no, I, I hear that. I, I yeah. actually, this is a really good criticism. I think. Oh, thank you. Um, don't sound so surprised. No, I've, I've... <laughs> I'm trying to be mature here. No, I know, I know. So, so that that's generally how I feel about Vulcan. But, um, but that said, this book, hands down, was my pick of the week. Um, was... I, I, you know, still Abnett Lanning are are doing it. The cast in this is getting bigger. We've got not only do we have the the Inhumans and we've got the Shi'ar and we've got you know the the uh, Imperial Guard of the Shi'ar, but we've also got now introducing the Star Jammers, which we're getting back Havoc and Polaris and Marvel Girl. Um, you know, which have been lost in the world of mini X Men miniseries that I don't read. Um, ever since mm-hmm. Brewer's run in space, and this was just um, this is more Marvel space porn for me. I mean, it was a there was a lot of fighting in the second half of oh, this. Yeah, yeah, and um and may and I probably like Pelletier's art because it's so Alan Davis reminiscent. Uh-huh. Um, but there's that one page of Gladiator of the Imperial Guard when they launch the attack. That I was lying just, down. I, yeah, I was just like, oh yes, that's fantastic. It was like, uh, it was great. So, um, yeah. So you know, essentially, so we got Crystal marrying Ronan the Accuser in kind of a very uh, ceremonious, um, you know, show wedding to unite the Inhumans and the Kree, and um, and then uh, Vulcan and the Shi'ar use that as an opportunity to attack and start the war. And it just it's some um, uh, some brutal brutal crap going on at that wedding. So. Isn't Crystal yeah. just always being married off to whoever they're seems, trying to be? Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah, yeah. she made, she's the marrying type. But uh, Crystal, but... we have a problem with the uh, X Y Z people. We need you to go marry one of those people and yeah. straighten Crystal, it out. Crystal okay. was the hot spinster of the Marvel Cosmic <laughs> Universe. She was. Um, but there was some some rough stuff happened. I mean, Chad from the Star Jammers lost a hand. Um, which was which I, I was like, oh wow, damn, and and at the end, I mean, like the Inhumans got trashed basically. I mean, they got the, I mean, they got their butts kicked here. The 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 Shi'ar handed handed it to them, the Imperial Guard. Um, I really liked uh, uh, the kind of inner monologue of Gladiator because Gladiator is a character that we've always seen. You know, every time the Shi'ar involved, and he's been so loyal to you know Lalandra and the Shi'ar efforts, but then, you know, and this kind of explains why he's side with Vulcan, because he's not, he, he plays for the jersey, not for the player. You know, he is loyal to the Emperor yeah, of, the, of the Shi'ar, which I thought was an interesting take on him. So. That's a setup. Yeah, totally. You know, at some point, that, that means that's going to come into play later. Right. Or, if the, or it should, like, you know, any, you know, these guys are good, so. Yeah. You know, if I have any complaint about this, I have, I have a totally nitpicky complaint. Oh, wow. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like Paul Pelletier draws Black Bolt too, too beefy. He draws yeah, him too, um. I knew you were going to say that, yeah. He's too, um, Muscular. what's the word? Well, no, like, e- we were just talking Eagle about. Eagle Shimmy. Um, Eagle Shimmy. Yeah, it's exactly it. Yeah. He's too Eagle Shimmy. Yeah. Um, you, you like Black Bolt more Jay Lee, more, uh, uh thin, sinewy. lanky. Sinewy, yeah, that's yes. how I know. Sinewy, yeah, so. Well, it's okay, I mean, but, you know. 
But that's a little more like Jack Kirby Drew, I guess. So, you know, who, what do I know? I felt bad in the beginning when Polaris and Crystal were talking about the wedding and Crystal's explaining that this is just a show wedding and this doesn't mean anything and Ronan the Accuser's outside with flowers and you see he, he hears it and then he walks away and throws the flowers in the bushes. I was like, oh, Ronan likes her. <laughs> you don't see Ronan the Accuser liking girls. Much often. Yeah. Oh, poor Ronan. And, but then, then at the end when he got his butt kicked, Crystal was, uh, she was, she was making sure he was okay. It was, yeah. Uh, oh. So. <laughs> One single tear down the accuser's yeah, face. Exactly. <laughs> you also, it should be noted, he was eavesdropping. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was hanging outside like a stalker. Let's be honest. Well, he could flowers. have just walked up to the door with the flowers yeah. and heard them talking and stopped when he heard his name. Yeah. That's not this eavesdropping. Isn't three, That's just... This isn't Three's Company. This is War of Kings. <laughs> this isn't Grace Where's Anatomy? Mr. Hur- Furley? <laughs> I can't fit it in there. We'll just try pushing harder. <laughs> and then Don Knotts makes a face and his eyes bulge out. <laughs> Tugs on his, his neckerchief. Which, by the way, is is if you were to open the Don Knotts toolbox, <laughs> that's the only move you're going to see in there. Is the, the, <laughs> it's it's the, the shocked yeah. look. <laughs> it's like it's like the Earl Hickey sort of nod. Yeah, yep. <laughs> He's got one move. Oh, man. Oh, I love that really. show. So, yeah, War Kings, I'm on board. I love it. I, I pray to the altar of Abnett and Lanning. Sweet. I am on board the, the Netflix train. I don't know if that's that's proper. Over 100,000 titles, no late fees, free shipping both ways. They got the Blu-ray titles. You got to pay a dollar extra more a month. It's very fair. Fast delivery, usually stuff will arrive within one business day, and uh, most of them ship that same business day. Plans start from just four ninety nine, and, and there is a free two-week trial available to you three people who still don't have it at www.netflix.com slash iFanboy. Watch it on your Xbox. That too. You know what I learned in Back to Brooklyn number four is never to trespass in Coney Island. <laughs> because Tom, lots I'm, of dogs will rip you to shreds. I'm never coming to see you again. <laughs> Staying out of the borough altogether. This was uh-huh. a fucked up issue. It's a rough borough, yeah. man. <laughs> you know, you, Connor, do you know the point when I went, oh, it's going to be like this? When, when he tossed his mother into traffic? Yes, when he threw so his she, mother she off got... the overpass onto the BQE. And she got run over by a Mack truck? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> And then um, all the hitmen got ripped apart by junkyard dogs when they trespassed. And then, yeah, 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 that was awesome. And they gave the guy a gun to kill himself, and before the dogs came, but he, he didn't load the gun. Yeah, <laughs> it was really like it was Garth Ennis being allowed to be really, really horrid, but also with a story at the same time. The story's been um, fantastic. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm really, I'm really liking this. This is probably my favorite <laughs> issue of the whole series. Yes. Um, and also the next week, hatchets. Yeah. Also, um, Jimmy Jimmy Palmiotti's Brooklyn Stories in this one. I was one. gonna mention that. It got a little personal. Oh my god! <laughs> more personal than I needed them to get. A little Listen, more personal. The, the the last two pages on this are worth the three dollars. <laughs> it's it's like, yeah. I mean, it was a panty parade. Anyway, um, <laughs> first time you touched the boob. <laughs> I, know, I was like, do you do do you know when to shut this off? No, you don't. Okay, go with I'm it, though, gonna, man. I'm not gonna look him in the eye at the next convention. Own it. So, um, what was her name? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll find out later. I'll ask you think that was awkward for Amanda Connor? <laughs> no, I think, I think that's pretty normal. Daredevil number 116, ooh, The Return of Kingpin, 
with David Aja on art. And I thought the art was weird because it wasn't quite David Aja and it wasn't quite Michael Lark. Oh, I thought I seriously when I when I put this down, I was like, oh, this is gonna be the pick. I thought this. I thought you were gonna pick this as the pick because I, I thought the it, art, I thought the art was great. I thought the story was great. No, the art was the art was great, but it, yeah. like it wasn't David Aja art you come to expect from Iron Fist. It wasn't that like very clean. Um, art lines. It was very rough, roughly inked, like Michael Lark's is inked. Well, it was David Aja doing Michael Lark, and that's and 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 also Guardiano, Stefano Stefano Guardiano inked him, and I don't know if did he ink him on Iron Fist or? No, but well, maybe, but he inked Lark. He's been inking Lark. Yeah, it could be Guardiano, Guardiano, whatever. Um, I was down with this. This would have been my pick of the week. I think definitely. It was a damn good issue. Damn good issue. Um. I felt so I mean, bad. He, it was like it was like Kingpin walking home to his little family, and then they get killed. I was coming too. Yeah. You just oh, this is gonna be ugly. Yeah. I like the I like the little um the spot color silhouette uh, tr- uh treatments that happened, um yes. th- throughout you know like there, and there was that one page that almost Tim Sally kind of page with the with Spider Man and Daredevil on it bullseye. Um, it was very yeah, very, that was great. Yeah, no, they were they were so they were they were nice. Like it was the, it was what I expect from David Aja in the theme of Daredevil. But then those little panels and those little treatments kind of were like, oh, this is this is something a little different, and I like that. So, yeah. see the cover of the next issue? That's awesome. Yeah, it's on the very next page. I was no, I I really just enjoyed this, and it's like, it's it's it wasn't terribly unusual or anything, but it was just it was just well done, and it was you know wasn't Matt Murdock whining. So it'll be good to have Kingpin back. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah he's great. Um, I wanted to mention. I'm sure both of you read House of Mystery Eleven, right? I read no. it first. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> amazing cover on this one, by the way. I really love the cover. Uh, I wanted to mention this. This was this is probably my favorite issue of this series so far. Um, they've switched things up a little bit. Basically, it's a bunch of people trapped in a in a house for reasons they don't entirely understand. And there's one girl at the center of it, and she's she's sort of the 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 main protagonist. And and then her father shows up, and he's acting all mysterious and weird in the whole thing. And it's this really neat tension. Uh, Does her father there, play the piano? Um, I do not believe so. Does he play all, all the Watchtower on the piano? <laughs> <laughs> I no? called that one. Um, <laughs> no, that's creepy. That's very creepy. Uh, this is just a, a really good issue of this. I, I think that, um, yeah, this has been been a really good one. I'm interested to see where it goes next. Um, that's is it, all. Is it different people trapped in the house every issue, or is it the same people? Uh, there's sort of the same few people, but some people can leave and some can't. Like, there's like a, a main group of them that are stuck there, and it's it's sort of about trying to figure out why. That's cool. Um, I, I think I got lost somewhere in the last in the latter half of the first ten. Um, but this sort of centered it back for me, and I really liked that because it's a good, it's a good. I, I like the whole thing. It's it's good. And there's always a story in the middle, and there was a lot in this issue. It was it was really it was impressive. I thought. Yeah. Secret Warriors number two. I'm barely hanging on to. Well, here, well, here's, here's just to you know see, how to piss Ron off. Give All him right. a cover with Jim Chung, and then have inside be Stefano Caselli. That just that uh, for I, for whatever reason I can't get over I don't like Caselli's art I don't like it I don't like the the roundness of it Do you know what I mean like the 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 way he draws muscles and faces and everything like that just really kind of turns me off um, and so I'm having a really hard time getting into it for that reason I don't um, I don't mind the art There's certainly worse guys out there I don't think yeah no yes. but for some reason it's just you know it, 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 an irrational you, no reason behind it just yeah. striking you know like oh I don't like this you know seriously did you guys see Mighty Avengers twenty two I mean, this yeah, is yeah, beautiful. True. Yeah, good point. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, I actually art like this is, a lot Art more is so personal. So it you know, is, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm saying that's totally me. So. It's 
Well, and it's yeah, I, I like this a lot more than the first one. Actually, I thought it was a lot more clear. I still was like, "Why is he talking to Maria Hill?" Oh, it's not her. I know that drives me nuts. And why are they all still in shield costumes, shield shield uniforms? No, no, the patch is different. Yeah. <laughs> my my problem is is I don't know or care about any of the team team members, and they I don't know or care about any of the people they're fighting. So I don't know or care about anybody but Nick Fury in the book. It's it's funny. All the character development between them seems to be done when they're all in a group. So it makes it hard to focus on one person and get to know them. Is that you see what I'm saying? I couldn't tell you any of their names. I couldn't tell you what they do. I couldn't tell you their powers. I couldn't tell you anything about them. Anything about any of them. I, I, you're right. And in the parts that I did like the most were like Nick Fury. You know, being all Nick Fury. Yeah. Um, I thought the the stuff with the, I guess Hydra, was kind of interesting. But it was a complete and total retcon. Of it was supposed to buy the yeah. fact that Hydra's been running Shield the entire time of the Marvel Universe. Right. I don't buy that. Yeah. That's that's a that's a Bendisy kind of thing to do. It's a major leap. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, I liked I liked certain parts of it. Just, I'm barely, it's like I feel like on a, on a roller coaster, barely hanging on. My fingers at any moment, I'm gonna fly off. I just laugh. I just laughed at somewhere like on the title page or something like that. It says Secret Warriors created by Alex Maleev and Brian Michael Bendis. And I was like, really? Like we they're, they're that good that we need to note who created them? Like <laughs> I don't think they're quite there yet. You know, <laughs> that's, that's for financial purposes. Yeah, I guess, but still. Yeah. yeah. Meh. Meh. What can you do? Um, it was better. I I didn't love it, but I but I you know I, I was interested enough. I think it was I think it was reined in a little from the last one. Yeah. It was a lot in one place. Um, but yeah. Cool. All right. So um, if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can see all the comics that came out this week. And you can go and you pick your pull list. And you can, uh, after you read your books, you can come back and rate and review them. And we got a couple of reviews from the uh, iFan base uh, that we wanted to highlight some of the other books that, that came out this week. And our first one comes from Mountain Wind Cat. That's a great name. Uh, who reviewed Buffy the Vampire Slayer number 23 and gave the story a 1 out of 5 and the art a 3 out of 5. And of all the folks on iFanboy.com, 1.1% made this their pick of the week at, as, at the time of recording. Um, and so Mountain Wind Cat says, Unfortunately, the witty banner that was so well, well written on the television screen was inane on the comic page. The pages devoted to witty repartee I found forced, and while normally this series is something to be enjoyed, this time around it seemed more like something I tolerate, tolerated. While I like the last issue with the killer vampire dolls just for the camp, it seems that Buffy and her gang are treading water with little direction from the production team. Next issue sees a return of Giles and Faith. Hopefully this 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 will see a much-needed change in direction. That's pretty harsh. I, it was pretty harsh. I feel the exact opposite of Mountain Wind Cat. I, I haven't liked... I didn't like the last issue. I didn't like the, I didn't want the, I didn't like the one before that. I didn't. I haven't liked it in a while. I really. I liked this issue a lot. <laughs> it's like a, it was like really? a Native American uh, yeah. seance. Yeah, well, I feel the opposite of Mountain Wind. Well, that, well, that's the thing is that I feel. I, I feel like. I feel. I feel like as this series is getting to, I assume it's go. I mean, they say it's season eight, so I'm assuming we're near the end of the run because normally se- television seasons have like 22 to 24 issues. I could be wrong. It could be ongoing. 20, 22 to 26. Right. So we're at issue 23 with this. So I assume we're coming to the end. But I feel. I. I definitely feel like it is not as good as it was when it started. Um, no, that's for sure. But I haven't. Does that have something to do with Dollhouse getting into production and we not really being involved anymore? Or who knows? But it it definitely is. It's missing something. So I think the last three or four issues are definitely not. I haven't enjoyed. So this was when I actually like. It was actually more back to basics. If I can use that cliche from the, you know, you back to the team, back to Buffy, back to them doing something as opposed to the whole weird thing they're doing with the vampires and the dolls and the. I don't know. I haven't liked it in a while, but I liked this one. Right. But you're right. Overall, it's not as good as it was the first twelve or so issues. Right. So. Next up, Jay Stump, whose name is John, but every time I looked at him in San Francisco, I thought Jay Stump. I don't. I couldn't really work with a real name. Um, he wrote us a review for Secret Six Number Seven. That's confusing. And he <laughs> really liked 
giving the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 5 out of 5 as well. At the time of this recording, the user pick of the week percentage is 1.5%. That rounds up to 2 for those of you not in the math major game. Quote, Gail Simone is a fantastic writer. Everything from the first arc is tied up and done so in a grand finale of Death in Heroics. We see more and more how much this team is willing to do anything for each other. This issue proves that no matter how cutthroat they seem deep down, they're really family. I have to say it saddens me that the iFanboy community, he's talking to you, hasn't rallied behind this book as much. Every month I hope it will break the top five, and every month it, it hopefully breaks the top ten. Come on, people, this is by far one of the best team books on the market. I would have to say that when Johns leaves at JSA, this book will probably be the best team book being published, not just by DC. Yes, I will go on record making such a bold claim, and how that's how much faith I have in the fact that you will indeed like this book. It's hard to argue that. I've heard very good things about this title. And Nicola Scott, we, we do enjoy her art. So so pick it up. No, thank you. <laughs> Not my thing. Who's the cat guy? I don't know the cat guy. I don't get it. He's Catman. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, I'm not interested. I, I feel like I feel like I'm going to have to read the trade of this so that I can just justify myself because I feel like I wouldn't actually like it, but I feel like I need to be sure. I think You're going to even have the Thor article in you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, might be, might be just that. I'll leave, uh, I'll leave it to you then. We'll leave it to you. You've yeah. already, you volunteered yourself. Perfect. All right, that's fine. I'm putting I'll it in my fanboy calendar right now. So, so if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can get in the fun, uh, pick your pull list, rate and review books, and you might get one re- read on the show. You know where Josh is going to get that Secret Six trade? Because he will, because it's in the calendar. He's yeah. going to go to InStockTrades.com where they have the 37 percent off all their books with free shipping and orders over fifty dollars. And over 5,400 trade paperbacks in stock and available for order right now with new releases listed every Wednesday and orders that ship within 48 hours, usually from www.instocktrades.com. And you can get this month's Book of the Month, All Star Superman, Volume 2, 47% off from instocktrades.com. Book of How the Month? How appropriate. Oh, my God. Ah. Ding, 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 ding. If we were a more uh, slickly produced show, we would have some sort of music for that. Yeah. For the Book of the Month. But we don't. We are raw here. You know what's funny is that Connor is at some. He's not going to tell me the date. He'll just be like, "Your Catman reviews do." It's, like, it's when? due tomorrow. Yesterday. I didn't tell you. You're not tomorrow on the 9 ball. Nine a.m. So. tomorrow, nine a.m. We can get that up for nine. That'd be great. Thanks. You know what I would say? I'd say, "Go to hell, sir." Superman. There's a lot of talk about Superman. We talked about him at the beginning of the the show. Um, we talked a lot about how Superman and Final Crisis were used, and a lot of people felt one way or another. Um, it's it almost seems like everybody's forgotten about the fact that Grant Morrison did what I'm guessing has to be the finest Superman story told in if not recent memory then ten years at least. Um, you know, not you're, just Superman story, but one of the best superhero stories told. Yes, yes. Um, this is a book that I I I bought the first issue of, and I was like, I don't know, this isn't really. I don't know. Happens yeah, to you all like, the time. <laughs> it's fine. I, I, you know what, though? I, I will say that that turned out to be a really good choice for me because I ended up buying the trade or the first hardcover when it came out, and I loved it. And I was very, I was much happier to read it in that sort of all-in-one thing. And the, it was a little less than a year wait for the second one kind of sucked. But um, I'm glad because these are actually two, two little hardcover books that, that uh, form a nice little, little set. And it's funny. Everybody's like, well, let's wait for the absolute. You know that that may not happen, That's and there's me. nothing wrong with these books. people. Are really assuming that, and they shouldn't assume. Oh, it. I'm totally assuming. I, I, well, I either want I either want the absolute or I want a one volume hardcover. That's what I want. I, I will buy either one, but I think people people are assuming it's going to happen, and there's no indication they haven't said anything. There's been no talk meantime, of it. It's just pure speculation. In the meantime, read these books. 
Yes. I mean, these are great books, and and they're not they're nice. They're nice hardcovers. There's nothing wrong with them. They look good on the shelf. Um, the second one just came out in the middle of February. Um, and I and I had no like I had really high expectations for it because you know I'd heard Connor, you know, you know, virtually weeping at how good this was. It was the pick of the week a few times. Yeah. Um, and and you know I had loved the first part so much. There was a Bizarro story in there that you didn't hate. That's was good. that's saying good something. There, that Bizarro story also won an Eisner for best single issue of you know 2007. And um, I, you know the I was. Glad to pick it up and keep reading where I was, where from where I'd left off. It's so strange to me that this there was all that hubbub. I just use an old man word about uh. Morrison, um, and this to me. And we we talked about how he does different kinds of books, and there's different Grant Morrisons, and he'll you know he'll change up his style and will change the way that he tells the story. The Grant Morrison who did this book has no no similarity to the Grant Morrison who did Final Crisis. Now, that's not saying one's good or bad, but it's just a completely different type of story. Oh, it's totally. It, one. This, this is sparse and this is... This is oh, my God. Sparse so much, is... A, not, a a negative, of, not, not a negative word. It's just a different kind of no, storytelling. I spent a lot of time in my review talking about the tone and the sparseness in that sense. And it has to do with, like, literally when I read this book, it's a quiet, quiet book. Like, for whatever reason... Like there's not a lot of sound that people are speaking to each other quietly for the most part, and except for like in the a- most action parts, there's so much sort of silence and, and quiet in this book, and it's reflected in the dialogue and it, right down to the art. Like quietly, didn't put a lot into the 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 panels, um, and not in a way that I feel is lazy, but in a way that I felt was appropriate for what was going on. Um, it's a stylistic put, choice he made to go with yeah, the story. It, it's true, and like if you've read We Three, you know that he's not. You know, he, he puts a lot of stuff in that. He doesn't, you know, so he made the choice to, to sort of keep keep the characters at the center of this. And it's done, the art, when you look at it right away, doesn't seem impressive. And, and I, I, I can't explain exactly what it is about it, but it's great. And it echoes almost like a golden age aesthetic, I think, uh, in, in the way that the panels are set up. And, the, and you know, there's a lot of two shots. Um, I, you know, it's just, it's one of those books that's not like anything else. And it's, it's fantastic. Um, it makes you understand and like Superman more than anything that I've read in, in as long as I can remember. Um, you know, I, I mentioned I mentioned Jamie Grant, the colorist. He chose. It's a really interesting sort of palette for this. You know, anytime Superman is in the frame and his blue and red there is it. You know, it stands out. It is bright. It is the middle of everything. And then the rest of it's not overcolored. It's just. Um, oh, it's, it just doesn't look like anything. It's such a good book. And it, beautifully, it, it, beautifully colored beautifully colored and i'm not trying to be vague but i can't exactly put my finger on what's so good about it but other than the fact that it just is and when i'm when i'm reading it 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 just it just feels right and it doesn't necessarily look like it has the ingredients that would be so great um yeah any um you want to help me (laughs) well the, the, the story is um you know superman in the very beginning of volume one he finds that he's dying he gets poisoning from the sun right and this is two is, is him coming to terms with that. There's a lot mm-hmm. of really good stuff about that. Uh, issue ten is the one that stands out to me. Is the one that I thought was the best issue of the whole run. Um, yeah. When he's dealing with 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 that, and, and there's some really nice stuff. Like you know, he what, what does a man do who's a Superman and, and he's dying, and he's, he won't be able, he won't be there for his world anymore. I and mean, how does he deal with that? And there's a lot of really interesting exploration in, in Superman. What I read actually was that. We mentioned this earlier in the show when Morrison wanted to write Superman. A lot of the, st- the concepts that he didn't get to use were put into this. So this would have been 
uh-huh. in stuff you explored in the main book. But it was it, it's just it's Superman at its core and it's purest and there's no baggage and it's just him and it's a lot of goofy si- Silver Edge stuff. But it makes sense in that in it, that context. It doesn't come off terribly goofy though, and even though it's there, like it's like I said, it seems like it shouldn't work exactly, but it does. And I think that when I read it in an issue form, it didn't. It didn't stand out to me as much, and I think I really liked reading it this way. And and I want to make this point. You don't need to read anything else. You don't need to know anything about Superman or DC or anything. You can just read these two books, read this story, and you're good to go. They're totally um, self-contained, totally self-contained. And, and, and honestly, if you think that you're a person who doesn't like Grant Morrison because of something like Final Crisis or, or Seven Soldiers – try this one I mean I don't care go to the library or borrow it from a friend or something like that but it really is a, a testament to a, a different type of style and the talent that the guy actually does really have I, you know you may not like his style but the dude's got talent there's no denying it um, and this book is just touching and, and beautiful it's like it's like a love letter to Superman and he gets the character we knew that from JLA he gets Superman he gets why he's important he gets why he's cool Mm-hmm. He gets why the people, the rest of the heroes, so respect him so much. He really gets the core of the character, and this is a, as you said, a love letter to the whole world. Superman, Lois, Lex, Lex, get, Lex is is fantastic in this. Oh, books. Lex is Lex is really a standout part of this. And the two things that really impressed me were the the relationships, the relationship that Clark and Lois have, and the relationship that Superman and Lex have are two are the two things that really like the the things I was thinking about most when I finished. And I was like, that was so, that was done so well. Um, yeah, go and you know by being by extension, it's a love letter to. to Superheroes and comics, um, right? Yeah. Cool. So there, I don't. It's I think more, I really one of the best books of the past ten years. It really is. Cool. Easily, easily, and it, you know, like it's funny. I doesn't. I feel like people kind of forgot about it. Like they mentioned it a lot, and then we all got stuck in the event stuff, and we stopped thinking about it. But you know, this should come up in like what's what what book should I read? So All Star Superman. So go to uh, ifanboy.com, and at the top of the page, you can see the link to Josh's review of the book of the month, a well-written review uh, that is very convincing. And, and when it is collected in absolute, I will read it. When and if. When and if. <laughs> and don't forget, you can go to instocktrades.com, pick it up for 47% off the cover price. So that's super cheap. Cover price is 20 so yeah. it's, oh, it's, it's, it's a little like 10 over bucks. 10 bucks. Oh, what do you, that's, that's a no-brainer. Right, How, dudes, could you not? How could you buy not? Buy the two. Yeah. Buy the set. Cool. Uh, all right, so time for the email. Uh, our first email comes from Gary L., who says, he, I am loving Spider-Man, and I think it has to do with its, with its semi-weekly schedule. I was wondering if you thought there were any other titles that could benefit from this. I think it would be great to condense all the Wolverine, Super, Superman, and Batman titles into one weekly book with a team of creators such as the Spidey Brain Trust. If there, if there, was, if there was four Wolverine titles, I'd kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are, kind of are. Yeah. X Men, Avengers, Wolverine, Wolverine. Well, there's gonna be there's gonna be two Wolverine books. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so there, there are halfway four there. Yeah, exactly. So I ain't gonna. I think it. I think I think only certain characters can. I don't. You can't do this too much. You can't have. I mean, yeah. Superman. Is, we said before, Superman is de facto month, weekly book. Spider Man, it works, but I think Spider Man. Spider Man is perfect for it. I don't know. Somebody asked me recently if the, if the X Men should do this, and I was like, it'd be neat, but I don't think so. You know. Um, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, there's there, you know the X Men have been around for uh, I don't know how long. If you like, that'd be five, ten years at least. Yeah. I know, but and just imagine, then trying to like do four times as many stories in a small space like you. Yeah. Could Daredevil uh, go weekly? God no. Right. It's too much. How much moping? And moaning too much moping. T- <laughs> I cut my I wrists. Think, <laughs> I think it's something that you like, but if you did it too much, a you you get fatigued yeah. and you'd be spending a shitload of money for every character. That's true, yeah. You know. 
So this is where DC's at with their weekly books. They're doing another one. Oh God! Really? Uh, inter- interestingly enough, drawn I think written and drawn by Kyle Baker. Really? Yeah. Wow. Really fascinating. Yeah. All right, so uh, Gary. By the has... way, it's taken him a year to get out the third issue of Special Forces. So I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> Gary has a second question. I grew up in a small town and discovered comics at my local corner store. There was no comic comic shop back then, and there still isn't. Now, now that it's impossible to find comic book stores in places like that, where where do kids from smaller towns discover comics? Isn't it a little silly to let those potential co- customers slip past? Yes. Yes. I mean, it's not like they're doing it on purpose. Sorry. Um, it's, not, it's not like they're saying screw the small towns. They just don't yeah. have the customer base and the money to do. To well, blame. Everywhere. I mean, blame the direct market. Whereas once comics were distributed as periodicals, and I got them from my stationery store and pharmacy on the spinner rack, and you can get them in supermarkets stuff like that. Now comics aren't. Well, no, that's that's not true though, because I did see comics in the supermarket last time I was on Long Island, um, but they were like it's not. It's not old. as much. Yeah, exactly. it was prevalent. That's yeah. where you got your comics in the yeah. '80s. Was, was those places? Yeah, the rise of the direct market in the '80s, and then the um, in, in the late '80s, and then Diamond and all that kind of stuff, and moving in that direction has kind of really killed the accessibility factor of it. Now, if you go to the supermarket, you can buy Archie, and that's about it. So, well, also, I mean, there were a lot of comic stores everywhere, and they they were based on growth that didn't exist. Yeah, you know, so I mean, that's, that's why they're, familiar. why they're not exactly. I mean, yeah. we could all learn from the comics bust. The comics bus was a microcosm for the entire world economy. Yeah, pretty only, much. Yeah. <laughs> if only Alan Greenspan had been paying attention to Image Comics <laughs> in, uh, in 1994. <laughs> All right, we got a quick one from Adrian Z who says, I just found out that the friends I'll be going to San Diego Comic-Con with would intend to wear costumes on Saturday. While I like dressing up in tights as much as the next man, I was hoping to hear your opinions on the matter. One, would you advise this course of action? Two... What would you wear if you're going to dress up? And three, will heat and sweat be an issue? So Adrian yes. is dressing up because I was going to advise that Adrian be the guy who holds their stuff. <laughs> because as we found out at WonderCon this weekend, when on Saturday two of our friends dressed up like Spider-Man and Black Widow, and they had a handler behind them with a camera and holding their bags, and that, apparently that's the key to going in costume is you need a handler. You need a snapper car. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So. You could go. You could go as a plain clothes character. Who are you? I'm Rick Jones. Yeah, totally. Um, so would you advise dressing up on Saturday? Hey, if it makes you, you happy. Do what you want. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Would I dress up? No. That's because you're too self-aware. No, I just I I have a hard time. Like I'm not a. You can't find can't find the lecture costume in the right size. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm far too self-aware. Yeah. I'm too ironically self-obsessed, and that's why I won't do it. That's <laughs> my answer. And if I were going to, it would be somebody who's not wearing something tight. <laughs> Connor. Apparently, a lot of celebrities wear masks to the comics. Oh, Simon Pegg last year was uh, had a mask on. And the guy yeah. from Lost this Lost. year, New York Comic Con. Oh, yeah, Daniel, Daniel J. Kim. Daniel J. Kim. Yeah. did it, too. Yeah. Yeah. And Samuel Jackson does it. So it's apparently it's nice for them to be able to walk around and not have anybody recognize that's, that's funny. Heat and sweat will be an issue. Yes, it will. I can almost guarantee that. Um, so it's an make... issue for anybody without a costume. So yeah. I can imagine yeah. dress up, dressing up as Bumblebee from the Transformers would be bad. <laughs> that guy was impressive. Yeah, I he like was. the guy, I like the Transformer guys who can who can bend down into the car. That's that's cool. By the way, uh, just just while we're on this, go to ifanboy.com and read the article that Sonia Harris wrote on um, her brother dressing up as Spider-Man yeah, at WonderCon. Absolutely, it was it was a really really nice look at what that's actually like. And we're we're not a cosplay site. Yeah. You know, like we're not a place where you're going to hear a lot about this. 
but it was actually it was really interesting. And, and you he he has the look of Spider Man, but oh, he's he talks, perfect. He's all wrong. Oh yeah, well because he's Wait. British. But I I, I yell at him because I want him to wear it under his clothes on a daily basis in case I get mugged, and I want somebody to save me, but he won't do it. Anyway. Selfish. Yeah, selfish, that's what it is, yeah. All right, so if you have a question about cons or anything else, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. And normally we do the voicemail, uh, voicemails at this time because we had the book of the month. We're going to uh, delay voicemails until next week. Uh, so call in, get your questions at 1-888-FANBOYS. That's 1-888-326-2697. Yay. Watchmen. Watchmen. <laughs> this past week you may have heard a film come out called The Watchmen. And Did the world exploded. Yeah. But no one knows quite why. <laughs> so if you saw the movie and you wanted to hear what we thought, we did a Watchmen podcast, which is came out a couple days before this one. So if you want to check back on the feed, you'll find that. Or you go to ipanboy.com. You can see it there and uh, join in the discussion about the film. Yes. And also, don't forget, if you like the film, what better way to show it than with a T-shirt that's not affiliated with the film officially? Go to ifanboy.com forward slash store where you can purchase the limited edition Herm t-shirt that was the hit of WonderCon. There was a bunch of people walking around wearing it. We were able to give one to Jackie Earl Haley who played Rorschach who loved it. So don't want to miss out. They're selling out fast. So go to ifanboy.com forward slash store. Buy your Herm t-shirt today. We're running out. He came running at Connor. He came running. And after yeah. seeing the movie, that's a frightening, frightening process. <laughs> it was frightening. It was frightening without seeing the movie. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> You can support iFanboy by becoming an iFanboy member for only $4 a month or $42 a year. You get an iFanboy prize pack, which includes buttons, sticker, a random comic from our collections. Or you can go to the higher level, $10 a month, $100 a year, which gets you the prize pack, plus a super snazzy iFanboy members t-shirt. And that really helps us out. We really appreciate it. We still need more members. Membership drive is not done. We can use all the members we can get. So please, if you like the shows, if you enjoyed all this free content, please consider becoming an iFanboy member. Yes. Thank you very much. And, of course, it's not just the shows that you like. The iFanboy.com is the website that we put a lot of effort into with ourselves and, and many other fantastic writers. You can go there every day for new stuff. The Pick of the Week written review is there. The Book of the Month written review. The pull lists. God, I love the pull lists. Can I just tell you again how much I love that? And all sorts of stuff that happened there uh, at iFanboy.com. So be there. And as we mentioned above, go to iFanboy.com forward slash store where you can buy the Herm t-shirt as well as you can donate and you can sign up for the memberships. And don't forget to go to iFanboy.com forward slash Amazon to do all your Amazon purchases of any DVDs, CDs, video games, anything you want from Amazon. Helps us out in the process. We really appreciate it. Every Wednesday we have a show on revision3.com slash iFanboy or at iFanboy.com. It's our weekly video show. This past week we did a look back at Watchmen, the book that inspired all of the madness. And this upcoming week, it is WonderCon 2009, the wacky adventures of us at WonderCon. It's insane, isn't it? Listen, this show may or may not get done. <laughs> There's a lot in it. It's nuts. Mike Romo is taking the test to Paul. He said, you thought you did a good job on your show. Let me show you something. So that's happening. Joe Casey lives in the 70s. That's what I know. <laughs> he does. He lives in the 70s, both him and his pants. <laughs> and you can get iFanboy on TiVo. If you have a TiVo, go to the video download section. You can download the video show straight from there or go to revision3.com forward slash iFanboy and get it there. If you're a fan of the old iFanboy t-shirts, those are still available at Revision 3 store, revision3.com slash store. The old blue and red and white intern t-shirts, they're available still. Hey, everybody with me now? Contact at iFanboy.com or voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. You know how that works. And if you want to be our friend, go to iFanboy.com forward slash about, where you can find all the links to all of our social media website presences, such as Twitter.com and Facebook and MySpace and all the fun stuff. Uh, and go to Twitter.com forward slash iFanboy to get uh, up-to-the-minute updates from iFanboy. And if you like the show, please write us a review on iTunes for this show and for the video show. That's how people find the show when they're searching out comic book podcasts. It really helps us out. 
We really appreciate it. So please go to iTunes and write a review. Even better than that is to go to your comic store, to your friends, and tell them all about it. Tell them about the school show you know you like, and maybe they'll like it too. Or you're going to do like I do, which is as soon as this is over, I'm going to go tell the guy at the deli across the street before I buy the Twinkies that I'm about to buy after this. Tell, I'm going to tell him about the show, and he's not going to care, but I'm still going to do it. Yeah, you know how when you talk to somebody, you say, hey, how you doing? And then, then you end the conversation, you go, oh, see you later. Instead of saying see you later, go, check out iFanboy. <laughs> It'll be a salutation. Wherever. Yeah. That's totally cool. <laughs> Hey, would you, would you like to go out with me on Friday night? Check out iFanboy. <laughs> it's a really good way to win the win over the women. They really can I like buy? Can you. I buy you a drink? You look really hot tonight, iFanboy. Please. <laughs> We're gonna make it a youth visit for sex. I'd totally yeah. that. <laughs> I'd awesome. be down for that. Can I, can I show you my fanboy? Uh, what yeah. are you, Jimmy Pagliotti? Oh. oh. All right. So until oh. next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Yeah, I'm your iFanboy. <laughs> Watchman. <laughs> Watchman. Extorting money from your parents, your disgusting parents.